Well, good to see everybody this morning, and uh, a little bit more chilly out there. I got my second layer on today, yeah. Some of us like that, some of us not so much, but good to see you all today. Uh, just a reminder, uh, a little offering uh, bin at the back, uh, not passing the plate during this time. Also able to just give online or uh, various other ways that are mentioned there. Um, we are super thrilled to have Savea in the house today. Uh, she's often in the house, but uh, this time she gets to be at the front of the house. She's going to be speaking today. So if you haven't met Savea, she's a super awesome person. i got a huge loving heart and a specialized nurse and a whole bunch of other things. So Savea, we welcome you. Hello. Robin, is it working this time? Because I'm sure you'll get more texts from Michael. <laughs> yes. So it'll be good to have Michael back. I'm sorry, Robin. <laughs> he told me that God needs to bring firebolts down, otherwise I'm fired. So I'm like, okay, well... <laughs> God, show up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, I'm just going to start my timer because I like to talk a lot. But today, I actually get to have a little more time this afternoon, which is great. <laughs> so we'll start off in a word of prayer. <clears throat> Father God, we just thank you for who you are. As you say in, in the verse that we just read, trust in the Lord with all your heart, God. I pray that as I step out in faith, God, that you would um, reciprocate. I pray that the words that come out of my mouth will be of you, and I pray that you will be in um, throughout this story, God, as you always are. We thank you for your blessings, and we thank you for your goodness. Amen. So, um, good morning, everybody. Oh, look at you. You're amazing. I love you, Kelly. Last time I didn't use a clicker fast enough. So, <laughs> um, so I am a, a nurse, um, but uh, I specialize in wounds. Um, so Kyla here, my moral support, she suggested not to add anything gory to the PowerPoint. Um, you guys might have escaped really, really quickly, but I love pus and gore. It's just super exciting. <laughs> so. Um, so I'm going to kind of go from a different side of things today and talk about my adoption story. Um, the last few months, I've been having um, these vivid dreams, and really, it was about standing on the stage, and I'm going, no, 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 it was probably the spices, probably something that um, someone fed me, lack of sleep. And then thanks to our God, he just never stops uh, giving us those gentle nudges. Um, the last month, thanks to you over there, um, he prayed over me, and it was a very clear indication that I needed to preach, or not preach, this is not a preacher, I'm not a preacher. Um, and so I talked to Jesse, and he goes, yeah, sure, when do you want to do it? I was like, dang it, <laughs> I thought he was going to say no. So um, here I am today, and my in-laws are here, so super exciting, um, down from Kelowna, or whatever way that is, yes, down. So I'm going to start off with our family photo. This is our crazy family. Um, Kyla and I talked about posting it, and we thought, well, should we put like the, prop, the prim and proper one that took us like forever to get? 
Um, but if anybody's met our family, my son does not sit still, hence the leash that he's wearing right now. So there's our family. <laughs> so Kyla, Kalea, uh, myself, Jacob, and Mason. Um, and so uh, that's, that's our current family as we speak right now. Um, very great news that we're in the process of uh, adopting again. So praise God, we just got a call on Friday. So um, our son is in Haiti. Um, and so we're hoping to bring him home soon as well. So there'll be another one there. Um, August 23rd uh, marks 12 years of marriage, right, honey? Um, the past seven years um, have been a really significant whirlwind for us. Um, but I believe that my experiences have brought me to a much deeper understanding of the love of Christ. In 2011, um, my husband and I were living in Penticting. It was a great job. Um, he, we were um, completely gutted out this pre-foreclosure. It was fantastic. I was puking every day because I was pregnant with our daughter. Um, the walls were like moldy or something. I don't know. So every time I came home, I'd just vomit before I even entered the doorstep. Um, but uh, we loved our neighbors, we loved our, um, our city, um, but for some reason there was just this further calling. And so um, when God calls you to something, you get that kind of feeling like, oh, I got to do it. Uh, and then you step out in faith. And so um, I was offered a job here in the Kootenays. And um, basically, I finished my specialty program. Um, in wound care, and uh, I remember telling Jacob that I got the job offer. Oh, and there's my picture. So I wanted to show this photo. Kyla and I put it up here because this is the only photo I have of Jacob with hair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, when I finished it, uh, I basically said to Jacob, um, hey, we, I have this job offer. What do you think? We had just finished this beautiful house. It was our dream, like pretty much my dream home because I wanted everything that we got. Heated flooring, it was wonderful. And uh, I thought for sure he'd say no. And obviously it was God's calling because he's like, are you gonna buy me an ATV? Because if you get an ATV, we'll say yes. And I was like, what? Okay, sweet. So we moved ourselves um, from our childhood safety of the Okanagan where we basically grew up and were raised near close family and friends and came out here where we knew nobody um, I did start off this morning saying that we have many interesting stories of uh, no heat. Um, my husband was just finalizing the sale of our house and we had purchased a piece of property, or uh, not purchased, we were renting a piece, a uh, house that was piecemealed together and uh, there was like no heat in the house. Every time I turned on the heater, um, actually know what happened, now I just remembered, the heating bill was so high that my husband said you need to find another way of heating. That's what happened now, I remember. And so um, I would turn on the electric heater to heat, um, Kalea and I were um, in the room together and it would blow the breaker. And I, have no, I know nothing of electronics or anything. So basically I slept in my snowsuit for a few weeks until Jacob came out to help me. So um, that was a real Kootenai experience. I tried to cut firewood on my own and I ended up getting the ax stuck in the piece of wood and then I just gave up. So I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> I, there was no chainsaws or anything. So um, in, I forget what year what this was, but we ended up landing a piece of property. Um, and this is a picture of Kalea. Um, we decided to build our dream home there. That was our plan. So Kalea was about two years old. Um, we loved having our space, and we started what's called a YouTube farm. Anybody familiar with that? 
Yes, you do now. That's great. So basically, if you don't know anything, you YouTube it, right? So we, I, I decided to bring home a goat in a, in a container. It was our laundry basket because I thought we needed a goat. There was no space for it. There was no fencing, but I brought home a goat. So I had to YouTube it, how to feed a goat, how to care for a goat. Um, my husband still doesn't forgive me for that. Um, Fez was wonderful. However, he climbed on all of his, uh, all of your, um, uh, your space, your hammers and everything, and totally destroyed his whole like workstation. So don't get a goat if you ever want to know. Um, and so anyways, we ended up starting this hobby farm. We had uh, sheep, goats, ducks, uh, you name it, we had it. Um, and I really, really enjoyed my job. Um, I had so much freedom. Um, it was a place where I could grow and develop. Um, but there was some significant challenges. I walked into this work environment not knowing there was significant bullying and harassment um, that was a systemic issue um, pri 10 years prior to me even showing up. Um, and so when Paul is writing this letter in 1 Thessalonians, he says that in, yet indeed, um, you do it toward all brethren which are all in Macedonia, but we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more. And that really played upon my heart because there was still something, I, it was this burning desire for something more. And so during this period of time, um, I became very interested in actually starting to research the behaviors of the patients that I was seeing. Um, my research was starting to bring me to this conclusion that um, healthy attachments are a must for children, go figure guys, um, to become successful adults um, in adulthood. But much of what I was seeing um, in the workplace, um, there was a common, uh, and my nursing friend over here will know this, where we call it non-compliant patients. Um, and what is non-compliance, right? So I dug deeper into that and really was reflecting on this idea that people were making these unhealthy choices, not because they necessarily wanted to, but that was the, the place in which they they were used to, it was this habit of, of making these choices. So I started really reflecting on this. Um, and during this time, we really felt the, the calling um, of taking children into our home. We had a huge significant pushback from um, people in general, but the church for sure. Um, common uh, comments were, how could you bring all this baggage into your home? Um, children in foster care, they're dangerous. Um, and you won't love them like your real children. So real children was the very common thing that really set me off to this day. So we had several family members that provided us with lots of great feedback, um, some positive, some negative, but the calling was still on our lives very strong. So we decided to move forward. In addition to, um, we decided to move forward with the process of fostering um, what's called concurrent placement. And, oh, there's my tree. Look at that. I just wanted to show you this a lovely tree um, where uh, this is something that I've been spending a lot of time researching on learning about um, kids in care and adults in general that if we are not rooted um, correctly, oftentimes you see these um, uh, situations occur and you don't see that healthy fruit. And so um, it really gets down to the, the, the root of the problem, right? And um, attachment and um, parents and healthy relationships are super key. So we decided to do concurrent adoption. So in summer 2015, we went on a whole new journey. So in addition to me working full time and completing my master's, which I'm almost finished, we agreed to foster a four month old baby. Um, and many times, as I said, you get that parental feedback. Um, so fostering to adoption was a completely new world for us. Um, 
And of course, this is something that um, is still near and dear to my heart, that there's several different camps, and um, I beseech you all to be careful about what you say when people are adopting, because um, oftentimes Jacob and I still get this comment of, wow, you're a superhero, way to go. Um, you're doing a good deed for that poor child. Um, another camp, um, oftentimes we get, you're crazy? <laughs> or why would you do such a thing? Um, why would you raise someone else's kid? Our choice to adopt wasn't necessarily that religious experience where I'm like, whoa, it really came, it was a deep root of something that I had experienced as a child and I basically just grew and grew to something that I believe that God was calling us to do. In the Bible, in James uh, 127, it talks about uh, religion that God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless to this, to look after the orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself pure and, um, or sorry, polluted, uh, oneself from being polluted by this world. So there was no doubt in my mind that um, God had placed this on our hearts. And luckily, um, my significantly traumatizing pregnancy of having my daughter and puking every single day, um, I decided that I, I would prefer to take on other people's children than my, having my own. So that's where that went. Um, our son, um, oh, if you go back, that's the first um, photo of Kalea and Mason together. Um, when he was placed in my arms, I just knew there was this powerful connection um, that there was something that God was knitting together regardless of the outcome. So my husband and I spent, uh, we have spent, still are, a lot of time uh, learning all about trauma and how it impacts the brain and development, um, what we can do to support a healthy child. So anyone who has experienced adoption knows that regardless of the scenario, there's always loss and grief. Um, the grief and loss and the pain of never knowing necessarily, some people don't know their birth families, um, and people often familiarize themselves to the stories in the movies where that poor child is taken out of that horrible situation and all of a sudden lives happily ever after. And this simply isn't the case because children always experience grief and loss. And in addition to that, um, biological parents also um, experience grief and loss and so do we adoptive parents. Um, this is something that occurs throughout the uh, period of times in our lives as the children develop and, and age, as they start questioning who they are as individuals. And this grief and loss really weighed heavy on my heart. So as I, I reflected deeply on this, we spent almost two and a half years with our son in foster care. Um, when you live the experience, um, what we did, you really uh, develop this deeper understanding of people's circumstances I was really quickly taught about not everybody comes from equal circumstances. Not all of us have privilege. Many of our um, children that are in care are coming from families that do not have a, a warm place to stay at night. They don't have um, the healthy family surroundings. They ha they're in situations that are super unstable and unsafe, drug abuse, mental health, addictions, and the list goes on. So who was I to sit in this place of expectation that my, my, the biological family would never have um, the opportunities that I was ever given in life? The brokenness of this world is showing us the very depths of, of the issues are really coming out of families. There's neglect, lack of, lack of safety, um, shelter, hot meals even, and surprisingly, even within British Columbia, we see this today in the Kootenays. The outcome of these homes are breeding grounds for substance abuse and mental health issues. 
the more I learn, the less I can justify anything about doing, not doing anything. My husband and I have been called to a place of showing God's love just through our family dynamics. Crazy, right? Um, moving to the Kootenays have put us in a place of many spiritual battles, which we did not experience in the Okanagan. So that has been a huge growing piece for us. Jacob and I were on this roller coaster with our son. Um, the great thing about um, concurrent placements is that the plan of adoption is either with the adoptive family or with the foster family. And so the child actually doesn't experience as much, because um, of course there's still stress in the household, but doesn't experience the disruption. So we were taking on the roller coaster, and I will tell you, it was a roller coaster. Um, there was a, um, and our son, as he developed, he had no idea that he was in the midst of this battle between two families. Uh, during this period of time, which I was struggling a lot, um, I had a very good confidant, best friend of mine, Colleen, who uh, actually we ended up working together, which was the best experience ever, and she was a Christian woman. Um, uh, she got a call while we were at work, and her son was in a terrible accident. A tractor driver had turned right into uh, Kyle's side, the passenger side of the vehicle, and his, his bucket was up, and so it hit him right in the head. He was rushed to ICU, where he sustained multiple injuries, um, brain damage, and basically he was told that he probably wouldn't live. At this point in time, we started praying, God, we are living the experiences, there's his family there, of trusting you with the son that you have allowed us to raise. Please heal Kyle. I was able to go see Colleen um, just shortly in ICU, and due to the significant trauma, he wasn't allowed, obviously, to have other visitors. But God did grant us a miracle. He walked out of that hospital many months later. I was so grateful to God for this amazing grace. <clears throat> There's a book that I've been reading multiple times by Beth Guckenberger, which reminds us to say amen prior to starting out in prayer. Because God is always good, regardless of the circumstance. He is always faithful. Um, Colleen had called me about two months later. Um, I was headed to the hospital to see some patients, and she called me and she said, what is going on? Kyle has gums coming out of his mouth. Like, what is going on? There was flesh just pouring out of his mouth. Go to the hospital. So she ended up um, going to the hospital, and that's where Colleen found out that her son was diagnosed with leukemia, 19 years old. So not only did he sustain a severe trauma and brain injury, he also was uh, diagnosed with leukemia. My best friend, my work colleague, um, the person that I had spent many, many evenings talking to, inventing about this whole scenario with our son, just someone's really safe to talk to, was now experiencing the battle of their lives for her family as, as they walked through many, many treatments um, of chemotherapy. They ended up, she ended up having to leave her job and um, live in Vancouver when he was going to, um, when he was uh, doing treatments. Our recent prayers were questions around callings for our lives. My husband and I were just talking about that. And where did this fit into the kingdom? Kyle, uh, Kyle was dying. Oftentimes I would sit up in the middle of the night and I would hold my son. And he has this little wrap that he actually still fits into. He's five years old. 
Um, and I would hold him at night and I would sing, there was a song that I would play over and over and over again and it's, called, it's by Bethel Music and it's called In Over My Head. And basically it says that um, when we're in these life circumstances, God's saying, take one step out, take another step out. And all of a sudden, God's rushing over us with this giant wave of peace and freedom. And I, I would just play this song over again. I'm like, this is way beyond me. I cannot do this. I watched as my very best friend clung to Jesus during the hardest time in her life. And Kyle continued to worsen. When I realized I... Um, sorry, what I realized, I also felt the deep compassion during this time. I realized that I was expecting the outcome of adopting my son. I wanted him. Me. I wanted him. And I thought, hmm, who could love this child more than me? And that was the time that I recognized as I saw my friend battling with her son that she gave it all to God. And that was the moment when I was able to relinquish whatever was going to happen with our son, that it would be fine. For those of you that have experienced the love of a mother, you realize there's just nothing like it. My husband always teases me like when we go on date nights and he's like, can you stop talking about the kids? <laughs> I can't help it. Um, I try, but a mother's love is a place of safety. It's a place of love. It's a place of presence. It's a place of being interested in everything that you do. And when I really reflected on this, I looked at the, the traits of, of God. Um, a lot of times we talk about God the Father, but God is also a nurturing God. He is a loving God. He's a, a mothering that we are created in his image. And so Jehovah Shalom, which means um, place of safety, Jehovah Jireh being our provider, Jehovah Shammah being present. I was struck by this because I realized I was trying to be all those things for my son. I wanted to fix everything. I wanted to be his mother so bad that I forgot that God, who is giving me all of these things, is also the God for my son. If he loves me this way, he has the exact same love for him. It was incredible, this moment of clarity truly as I saw my friend release that control and say, God, you are in this circumstance. Regardless of what happens to Kyle, I trust you entirely. So Kyle died. Um, before he passed away, he was baptized. Colleen and Conrad, her husband, um, and a few close family friends witnessed him being baptized in their home. And I recognized this, it was so cool on my son's birthday, April 10th, 2017. Jesus took him home. He was 19 years old. Many people fight, feel the, the, the anger, the bitterness, the, the injustice of how could you take this baby boy from us? Why would God take this child away? Why would he have to suffer? These, all these questions, I don't know fully the answers, but I do know that Colleen recognized, even though it hurt, that we, she trusts in the God who says he is. I am the one. I am the way, the truth, and the light. The unfolding of the story helped me to relinquish what I thought he, I had control over. I wasn't some superhero. I wasn't even taking on some burden. 
Christ was with me. His love was so strong in the midst of the pain I was feeling, the heavy burden of grief and loss that I was carrying was just all gone. God allowed me to come to a place to relinquish the power over my circumstance. I sat within his shalom. He was my place of safety, even though I was in way over my head. Christ was my Jehovah Jireh. He was with, he was with um, our family in the midst of all the circumstances that we were in. I really truly realized that um, being adopted into the kingdom isn't actually something that we're forced into. It's interesting when we think about adoption, and um, my husband and I just did some courses on this where we um, really realized it actually isn't us taking on them. They also have to choose us, 100%. I can love this child, I can care for this child, but they have to reciprocate. And that, I believe, is what God is trying to show me specifically, that just because he loves us, we also need to choose him. It isn't something that we're forced into. It's not some silly contract. But it is, however, my God always wanting me, always pursuing me, always loving me in the midst of all my failings. Christ allows us to choose him. It's so beautiful. We have, we have the choice to be adopted into his kingdom. There's grief. Um, there may be grief or loss during our flesh, fleshly experiences, but he is our Abba Father, and he, is, um, he loves us in the midst of all of our ugliness. He sees us even though we may look, um, we think that we look different. He chooses us. The most incredible thing about ad adoption is that even though parents may adopt us, we have to adopt them back. We are not obligated. We are not forced, ever. God gives us free will to step into that relationship. I believe that my painful experience has brought me to some significant peace and healing. The verse, I love this, that says God will move mountains, it makes me laugh so hard because I realized that the obstacles, um, I thought the obstacles were the, the, the moving the mountains, but it was actually me that God was trying to move. Many of us have had those painful experiences with our mothers. We've never received what I described above about who our God is. We feel condemned, punished, discouraged, unheard. When, when someone brings up God, how the heck can we love a God if we don't even know what that love is? How can we fathom it when we've never even experienced the love of Christ? God is who he says he is. For those who have experienced deep wounds from your own physical upbringing, God is calling you to a place of choice. You choose to be adopted into his family, and it's such a place of immense freedom. There's no condemnation, no shame, no fear, no guilt. It's just love and grace. The funny thing about adoptions, though, is there's never perfection. <laughs> um, we've recognized that 100%, but... Um, just as Christ loves us, we're to say yes to him. I, don't, I would like to share it. Can I share it? Okay. I'm like, can I share it? Um, if you go, oh, can you just go back? I'll explain it really quick. It's, so this is, um, I just wanted to share it with you guys. Um, Colleen uh, said that she would love to. Um, she basically has a heart for people and recognizes that um, her son's story is not over yet and that um, 
people um, that see and hear her, his story that maybe they will um, come to Christ because it was a very challenging time in her life and um, she was so, he's so young. But the cool thing about this is that, as I said, he was baptized April 10th, which was Mason's birthday. And um, he was very, very sick. He probably couldn't get up for like two weeks straight, but he conjured all of his energy just to be baptized. And so I wanted, um, Colleen had filmed it and she wants to share it with you all. Um, it's very hard to hear him, but he is a, like, the way he was talking during this period of time, you, you could barely understand him, but you can actually hear him kind of communicate in this film, um, which is very cool. Um, and so I'd like to share that with you. just close in prayer. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Heavenly Father, our God, our God of love, nurturing, caring, all of these things, Lord, we thank you that you've died on the cross, Lord, for us. You sacrificed that ultimate a sacrifice for us. We thank you that we can come into this place of freedom by just taking that step. We thank you for showing us your love on a daily basis, and we are grateful. We thank you for, for who you are and how you show us how you love us. Help us to step out into that faith, God. We thank you.